0: Well guys, I always remember how great a privilege it is to come here to worship Jesus. Um, It's not a duty, it's a privilege and honor that we can gather as His children to worship the most holy name, honor, worship the only name of Jesus. I'm going to teach on an important doctrine today, it's a doctrine about the Bible and the Word of God. In today's day and age, many people have questions. They think that maybe the Bible is outdated and people who live their life according to the Bible are outdated and unrealistic. But we're going to just approach some scripture today because it's important as we grow as a new church that um, we understand the importance of scripture, what Jesus says about scripture, what the word of God says about itself. And we allow that to impact our life. The most important thing scripture does is bring you to Jesus. That's the most important thing. Many times people use the Bible in the wrong ways. They use the Bible maybe to whack it over other people's heads and say, get your life right. Or they use the Bible to make them look more self-righteous like the Pharisees. They use the law to make them look better in front of people so people would praise them and have more prestige in the culture. But the Bible is really meant to bring you to Jesus. Because the relationship you long for the most is a relationship with God that comes through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you were made to be in that relationship. And I'm not only talking to people who already know Jesus. I'm talking to people who don't know Jesus. But even for the people who do know Jesus. Sometimes we pray. That doesn't mean that God leaves us. That doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. That doesn't mean that we're not saved. But we drift. And we forget what it's all about. And we get caught up in other things. That are the benefits of being a Christian. But not actually bringing to the person of Jesus. I remember I was praying in my backyard um, this past um, summer and just getting caught up in the cares of life. You guys ever get caught up in the cares of life? I'm thinking, I'm playing the church. I'm running the business. I'm having kids. I have a wife. I'm living life. I said, I got a pretty big yard and I'm a pacer, so I just started doing laps. And I'm praying. It finally hit me while I was praying. I said, this isn't about any of those things primarily. This is about Jesus. And the reason I even became a pastor, the reason I got so excited about the gospel was because I realized the way that Jesus changed my life. I realized that I had been looking for a relationship with God that wasn't just found in a religious format, that wasn't found in just acting right. It wasn't found in some empty, vain structure that man made, but it was found in knowing Jesus Christ by faith, through grace, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that became alive to me. When we try to live our life, there's something that is not real to us. It becomes empty. It becomes duty. It becomes just bitter inside of us. What I want to encourage you today that if you are following Jesus, if you are loving Jesus, if you are worshiping Jesus, you are actually living in reality. So some people like to tell you, oh, if that helps you out, whatever works for you. I find that offensive because if you believe that I believe in a fairy tale, I told you guys this. Please show concern for my life so I don't waste my life preaching a message that is a fable, right? Because in this culture, we think that we are the ones who ultimately determine truth. We think that truth starts and ends with what we perceive as truth. As truth, God determines truth, and God reveals truth, and God is truth. People make statements like, there is no absolute, there are no absolute truth. And that bothers me because it's a contradiction, because you make an absolute truth statement right? You're saying the absolute truth is there is no truth. And you're contradicting yourself. Because as you're saying you're the authority. You've made an absolute true statement and everything has to be bounced off that. You'll find much safety when you go to Jesus and you live your life on the revelation of what is truth that comes from Jesus, not the speculation of man of who is God and how you should live with him. did anyone see the movie Life of Time? I was a little late to the game. I knew it was coming, but you know those movies you save and say, I don't want to watch it now, I'll save it for later. <coughs> Excuse me. So I got a chance to watch it this week. And I I went into the movie knowing that the message was going to be lean towards all roads lead to heaven. That was going to be the message in the movie. So I went in knowing that. I wasn't surprised at anything. So for those of you who have seen the movie and haven't seen the movie, I just want to share a short synopsis of the movie. So Pi is a little dude that's named after a swimming pool. All right. He's an Indian young man from India. And he. um, He's searching for God. From the time he's young. He's saying. He wants to have faith. He wants to know God. But what happens is. He's in the Hindu religion. You know how many gods there are in the Hindu religion. 33 million. Okay. Yeah. Worship who you believe. Make a. Come on. 33 million. Come on. Know how that happens. That happens when man starts making God in his own image instead of being made in God's image. You start saying, I'm going to make my own God. Here, let's have a God of the tree. Let's have a God of the clouds. Let's have a God of sadness. That's what happens in Hinduism. They look inward, they speculate, and just make a whole system of God. So he started with Hinduism, 33 million gods. Then he went to the Catholic church. He said, I believe in Jesus. I'm going to get baptized. Then he went to uh, to a mosque. He said... I'm learning stuff from Allah. And he just kept going through kind of saying, I'm trying to find faith. I'm speculating who God is. And the main theme of the story was Pi, the guy came to him to hear his story so he could understand what Pi knew about God. Pi was going to show him how to find God. So his family ended up running into financial crisis, so they decide that they're going to move over to Canada and they're going to get on a boat. Make a long story short. They get on this boat on the way to Canada. A big storm hits. The boat goes down. Hi gets out from what you see in the lifeboat. But his father owned the zoo, so there's a lot of animals on the on the boat. He gets in this boat and falls down. There's a major storm. An orangutan floats on on some bananas. Bananas don't float, but this orangutan floated over on some bananas. Gets in. There's a zebra with a broken leg in the boat. There's a hyena, which are the worst creatures on earth. On this boat, and this is a surprise. So what happens? He's on this boat, everything's laid back. When the orangutan and the zebra are there, because he's saying they're not going to bug me. The orangutan's name was Orange Juice. They were friends. But then he sees he doesn't realize the hyena hyena is there because he's covered under the light. the hyena comes. He ends up killing the zebra, eating the No, no. He's killing the orangutan. And you think that it's just pie in this. Hyena on the boat, and all of a sudden, the tiger comes flying out from under the thing and takes out the hyena. Everyone cheers and we move on. But it's this fantastical story, and I always want to use that word. I mean, stuff's happening. They're out on this boat. <laughs> He's kind of in a light boat with the tiger. They're building a relationship. The nighttime's coming. There's beautiful fish. They land on this island that seems like this paradise, but it's really carnivorous, and so they leave. So, all these things that happen in the storm and there's some cool things that happen it actually is a good movie if you don't live your life by the message okay because there's great special effects probably the best special effects i've ever seen <laughs> cinematography is unbelievable but finally finally after days and days you think Pi's gonna die they're on their last breath the tiger's like 60 pounds they wash up on shore and see these guys run they help them they bring him back to the hospital they ask Pi the story. So Pi starts telling this story about how they found this iron that no one knows about. The tiger helped them. An orangutan floated on bananas. And all these stories. And the guys are like, you can't report The story that's unbelievable. That story's not believable. That story's not real. Tell us what really happened. So you don't really know what's going on. But then Pi starts to tell another story. He tells the story that the hyena was actually the cook. And the orangutan was actually his mother. And the zebra was actually a Japanese sailor who had broken his leg on the boat. And he tells you that what really happened was the cook killed the Japanese sailor and he, uh, sailor and he cannibalized him. And then the cook threw his mama overboard killed him. Then he says, I killed the cook. And then the guy who's taking the story from I asked him this question. This is where I'm going. He said, What was the true story? He said, which one did you do you prefer? He said, the one with other fantastic stuff. He said, as it, that's how it is with God. And I don't want to be doing that. He said, continuously, whatever truth you prefer, that's that truth helps you make it a reality. Now, I don't want to just go to Joey Thompson about someone in here and say, we don't with do that. What do you want to do what Jesus and say? What does Jesus say? If life is meaningless, right? If our suffering is meaningless, if there is no God, if you should just really live for your own pleasure and your own glory now, and then you die and there's no life after death, I do not want to believe a fairy tale to make it through. I think that is crazy talk. I think that if you don't believe something, or you're not working through your faith. We all believe some, but we have questions. But if you say, you don't make stuff up in your life so you can make it through life. You want to deal with reality, and the reality is the gospel. God is reality. Jesus is reality. The Holy Spirit is reality. God created us in his image. That's reality. I would argue that everyone who tries to exist and say there is not a God is living in some mythological world. Because that is not reality. If you say there is no God, if you say there's no consequences for sin, if you say you may determine what is true, I would say that's a nice mythological world that you're gonna realize understand God, that's not true man. You know, me. I made sure I went and I, I I listened and read about the author Jan Martel. And what the author said is what, you know, I was an atheist, I didn't believe and he kinda of saying he still was an atheist, but he said, I found that life was tough that way. He said it was tough. I went to these Secular uh, conventions, and they were helpful. I went out of there, and I felt so empty, and I felt so hopeless. And I said, if it's meaningless, what's the point? He said, but then I saw India. He said, India, this two worlds. There's this reality world, and this world of 34 million pretend gods who are built with statues. And he said, that seemed like a fun world to live in, so I started believing in it. I said to myself, you made up a world to believe in? And I went even to Ang Lee, and he had the same thing, being agnostic. He said there could be a God, there might not be a God. God's a mystery if there is one. And that's that's the ideology they were trying to project through that. Now, as Christians, we are responsible to ask ourselves questions, go to the Word, and say, is that true? Is truth what you prefer? Is the gospel something we're believing in? Because life is really too tough to deal with. Let's dive into the scripture we're talking about today and see the Apostle Peter dive into that right away with the church. He says, Second Peter 1.19, I'm going to start with 16 we saw. Please listen to these words and hear the scripture, hear the word of God. It says, for we do not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Do you realize that even in Peter's day, there were unbelievers? the People that said, Jesus didn't really do that. Jesus didn't arrive from the dead. Jesus is not coming back. This is a cool story, but this isn't real, Peter. Peter had to fight against that and say, guys, listen to me. I did not make this stuff up so you could live in some cool fairy tale religion. I was an eyewitness. I saw Jesus rise from the dead. I was there at the mount when he transfigured. I saw the miracles he did. I heard the voice from heaven saying, this is my only son. I'm an eyewitness. He's saying, I am a reasonable man. I want to be living my life for a fable. And ultimately, this dude would get killed upside down. You don't get killed upside down for fairy tales. Peter's saying, I'm not unreasonable. This is reality. This is not some cleverly devised myth so you guys can believe. Now, I want to go back to Pi because I'm putting Jesus against Pi today, and I hope you go with Jesus. What does Pi teach you? Pi says, through a man in his speculation and his journey as a man, he says, all roads lead to heaven. Now, let's just go to the scriptures, and I just want to ask you. What Jesus says about that. Because it's very important. And I know it's hard, guys. I don't come here to say, you guys get in the right place believe. I say, I'm on the journey with you. And I understand there's tough questions in the Bible. There's times you came, Okay. Are you saying that anyone who doesn't put their faith in Jesus isn't right with God? I understand these are challenging things and things to work through. I do not say them like, ha ha. You know, like that's not the right heart to approach these. I approach these as a man like you who God's revealed these things to through his word. And I want to go with Jesus because I understand that He's more loving and more merciful and more compassionate than I could ever understand. This is what Jesus says about all roads lead to heaven. I know it's a tough question for a lot of people, so I just want to hear Jesus. He says there's only one way to reconcile with God. Jesus said to them, I am the way, I am the truth, I'm the light. No one comes to God promise So we see right away, Jesus is saying, Pi. no, your speculation as a mere man does not trouble my revelation as the God-man is going to Secondly, Pi teaches you that if something helps you, even if it's not true, you should believe it. What does the Apostle Peter say right here? He says we do not follow cleverly devised myths. This is reality, and this is what I'm teaching you. Now, you've got to understand, Peter was an apostle called by God to do unique miracles. He understand that people can be transformed and know God through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he was about to, as we'll read on, he knew he was going to die soon. He was going to get martyred. So he's almost leaving this. You know how parents leave the video from the kids when they have a terminal illness? And they're saying, I want to guide you in life. I want you to know this because I won't be there to be able to teach you. Peter is saying to his disciples then, to the church then and to us now, I don't want you to fall into falsehood and believe that this is a myth. I want you to know this is reality in Jesus' words. Let's move on to verse 19. And we have something more sure, the prophetic word, to which we would do well to pay attention to as a lamp shining in the dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star. Rises. I'm sorry, I skipped a couple of words because it's so quiet in here. You guys are quiet today. It's been quiet in the library in here. I hope you're taking it to heart and just not like, this time is over. Um, verse 17 and 18. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven or with him on the holy mount, You see more truth that Peter is saying, this is not a favor. I witness it. I saw Jesus. God revealed his identity as the only Son of God. Let's read on, verse 19. And we have something more sure, the prophetic word to which you will do well to pay attention to it. As a lamp shining into the darkness, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. See, this is very important scripture here. Because some people think that only part of the scriptures are authoritative. So let's say the Old Testament was authoritative, right? They'll say, you know the red letters in the Bible? Jesus said it is authoritative. No. What scripture rightly teaches is that all scripture is God breathed, inspired, authoritative. For example, the Paul so Peter said something under him. Uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit that's in the scripture. It's not less authoritative than something that was said in Genesis. Or even something that was said in Genesis. But the apostle Paul wrote these words down, it's still the Word of God. He says the statement more sure because he's saying all those things were prophesied about the Messiah, that a Messiah would come, he would die, he would free his people, he would be born of a virgin, he would be a king like no other, he would start a kingdom like no other. He's saying you should be more sure. Because those things have been fulfilled in Jesus. He's saying I'm revealing to you in the New Testament. That the, those things are completed in the canon. So the Old Testament. The New Testament is all about Jesus. The Old Testament is prophesying about the Messiah. About Jesus. About him coming. About him establishing the kingdom. About him crushing sin. All these kind of things. The New Testament is a fulfillment of all those things. In Jesus Christ. The whole Bible is about Jesus. So Peter's saying. You should be more sure now. Because the prophecies came true, and that's why I'm writing this down. Does that make sense to everybody? All right, let's move on. Verse 20, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. We need to hear this today. This is one of the most important verses you'll hear today. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So before we dive in that verse, I want to give you some confirmation of what I just said, that all scriptures is inspired by God. Turn with me Second, Second Peter, just a couple chapters in your Bible, 3, 15, and 16. I want you to hear how the Apostle Peter talked about the writings of the Apostle Paul to help you understand the canon. He says, and count the patience of our Lord and salvation. Just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him. As he does in all his letters, all the Pauline letters, when he speaks in them of these matters. These are some things in them that are hard to understand. Which the ignorant and the unstable twist to their own destruction. Most important part of this verse I want you to hear. As they do with the other scriptures. So what is the Apostle Peter saying there? He's putting the writings of Paul... On the same authority of the other scriptures in the New Testament. He's calling Paul's writing scripture to be followed, to be learned, to be instructed by. That it's the word of God. This is important and vital for you guys to understand. Because some people say, you know, there's a few letters of the pastoral epistles. They're not just Jesus' words. The whole Bible is authoritative. It is the word of God. Because no prophecy came by man's own interpretation, but they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. When you sit down at your keyboard, you're gonna write a blog, you're gonna write an essay, right? You hit the keys. People are like, I ain't writing a blog, that's Sit down on that computer, and you hit a key. Every key has a different lever, a different sim- symbol, a different metaphorical personality. When that blog is written, or that essay is written, or that paper is written, would people ever say, letters wrote the paper? people ever say, well, that computer did a great job? No, they say the author wrote that paper. In the same way, Jesus carried along, the Holy Spirit carried along many different authors from fishermen to scribes to princes to kings who would write the scriptures, but they were just vessels and instruments in his hand as he typed that paper as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Some people say, I'm not listening to some some fisherman wrote. 2000 years ago how can that apply to my life i'd say don't listen to something some fisherman wrote 2000 years ago because it won't apply to your life i'm saying the holy spirit is the author and the source and man never wrote those words down according to their own interpretation like scripture says here they did it as they were carried along by the holy spirit so this actual word of god that you are hearing so we don't go the word of god as if it's some people get caught up in bibliolatry. i swear they worship the bible and not jesus Right, Like the Bible's God. like It's just words that lead you to God. That's what it's all about. One man actually told me his father said he'd rather have the Scripture than Jesus. I said he needs to read the Scripture to understand it's all about Jesus. You missed the point, brother. Some of the times these dudes are so good at grammar and writing that they get caught up in the words, not the God. it be good grammar and all that stuff. But what I'm saying, these are the very word of God. If I want to know Jesus, I have to go to these scriptures to know him. How do you get to know people in your life? Do you not talk to them? <laughs> You've got to hear the course, You've got to be around them. You've got to know what they're like. And the mission, and the purpose of the Bible is that you would know Jesus. And this is the mistake the Pharisees made because they couldn't stand Jesus. The religious leaders couldn't stand Jesus. Do you realize that? So take all the religious leaders in town and the surrounding towns. If Jesus came, they'd be all mad at them, They couldn't stand him. And Jesus said to him in John, I believe it's 529. He said, you go to the scriptures thinking that in them you find eternal life. And we know that that's true, but he'll make his point. He says, what you fail to realize is the scriptures are all about me. And if you really love God, and if you really know the scriptures, you realize and understand who I am. And you wouldn't be wanting to crucify me. You'd be wanting to worship me. People can take this Bible and we've seen it through history. And guys, I know religion's done a lot of bad. I'm not saying it happened. I'm not one of those guys. But religion does bad when people misinterpret the Bible and use it for their own gain, their own glory, for violence and war and to justify those things. Not to bring you to Jesus who changes lives and changes cities and changes nations. This should bring you to Jesus. See, they were getting caught up in the benefits of God rather than God himself. Did you marry your wife because she was a good cook? Imagine that. Someone came to you. This girl can't cook, kid. Why'd you marry? She can't cook. So you didn't marry her because you know and you love her and you want to be with her? No, man, but she makes some mean chicken ziti, kid. I say, what? You're missing the point. That's a benefit of knowing her. That's a benefit of being with her. That's not why you married her. If you focus your whole life and you love her because of the cooking, you don't really love her, you love your, her cooking. Same with the Pharisees. They loved the idea of eternal life but didn't want Jesus. They missed the treasure and they took something. They made something else the treasure. That's why it's not, it's not primarily about that your sins are forgiven. It's not primarily about that you're going to heaven. It's not primarily about that Jesus makes life worth living because it is reality and gives you purpose and we are made in his image. It's not just about that you even get to participate. In his redemption and the mission of church and mission of God. It's about knowing him. And when you know him, all those things happen. You get the benefits of being a child of God, knowing God, and being with God. Nothing can substitute knowing, the Jesus, knowing Jesus. Hear me today. Yes, you get eternal life. Yes, you get forgiven. Yes, you'll be with him for eternity. Yes, he watches over you. Yes, he works all things out for good in your life, even when you're suffering. He is the ultimate treasure. Now, I want to encourage you guys to be in the scriptures so that you can know Jesus. So I want to use the story of a GPS, and I got okay from Nancy, and I'm gonna use Nancy and Joe in a story of a GPS. You guys, so I use my Waves GPS on my phone because I don't have to pay money for GPS. But I had shut off my volume for some reason. I was going to a job this past week. And the volume was down. I said, I think that's the exit, but my GPS ain't saying nothing. So I drove by the exit, and I looked, and I realized because the voice wasn't on, I didn't hear directional sensors. Some of us don't have the voice on in our life, so we totally missed the exit. We miss the exit because the voice of God's not on our life. You know what we do? 22 exits down the highway, we said, oh, shoot. I didn't know it said that. Right? I wish you told me that 25 years ago. I'm here to tell you it today. <laughs> you got to have the GPS. And you got to listen to the GPS. That's when Nancy and Joe come in, and I got the idea. I've learned early on in my relationship, don't take road trips with my in-laws. It is an absolute. I love them the best. I wouldn't ask for anyone. They're awesome, but we're all sinners. No, <laughs> and Joe's with me. Joe, all right. Can't get myself too much trouble. I love you guys for tell stuff. But I learned. We took a trip to Maryland once when we were younger, and I said to my wife, "After I will never take another road trip. My in-laws. I love you. I love them. It's over. I did that with shopping too. We went to shop. I said, "I'll never shop again. It's over. I love you. I'll do other things. I'll provide. I'm there for you, kid." But I said, I will never take another road trip with my in-laws because it is absolute chaos. Even before you get in the car, it's like high anxiety, something's going down. I thought we were going on vacation. Why am I so stressed? Joe Vick's writing down he spent money on potato chips. I said, I can't live like this anymore. So we got him a GPS. Did we get him a GPS? We got him a GPS thinking it was going to help the cars, right? We said, if we get him a GPS... Cause they're so stressed, they call. Oh, they're all stressed out. Forget till they get to the place. I said the GPS is going to help them. Let me give this GPS. They got the GPS and made it worse. It made it absolutely worse because they couldn't understand the GPS. They were misinterpreting the GPS. We were going to Maine. I think they called us from Vermont and said we can't do this anymore. You've got to interpret the scriptures right, and that happens in community when God gives you pastors and teachers and community and people to work that through. You've got to interpret them rightly according to Jesus so they bring you to Jesus and they make a difference in your life and you walk in the way of Christ. And finally, I want to say, because I don't want to act because the Bible gives us the answers to the ultimate things, most important. If you've got to fix your car, please don't come to 2 Peter. You know what I mean? If you need to cook food, you don't come to the Bible. You know, that there's other... Books that we need to read to get other knowledge. Right? But the Bible gives us the ultimate truths, and it's a supreme court of authority. And we understand this life. We sometimes have questions that we won't get the answer to until we get to heaven. I think people need to understand that's part of faith. You know, because we want to know every little thing. God gives us the things we need to know, and you know, that are vital. Wise for salvation, and living life, and living holy, and living life, pleasing God. But there's some things, I'm honest you, I have questions that I'm not getting an answered until I see God face to face in the kingdom of heaven. So will you turn with me Deuteronomy 29, 29. it's just one verse because I want you guys to be encouraged because I think a lot of people shipwreck their faith because they can't find, so they find 99 answers and one just throws them off and then it shipwrecks their faith when the Bible just gives us plenty of room to understand this. so important. I use it in my personal journey. Loving God. Secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of His law. Even the Bible says there's secret things that only belong to God, that only He knows. And maybe in eternity He will reveal them to us. But as Believers, as followers of Jesus, we're called to live our life according to the revealed word of God. So what has Jesus revealed to us? He said the greatest commandment is to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is to love others. He's given us a moral compass. He told us how to get salvation. He told us how to live life for the greatest purpose. He's told us how to be satisfied in him. He revealed to us who he is. Now there's a lot of secret things that we have questions for we don't fully understand. That's Okay. You say, that's okay. But we are responsible, and we do have the privilege to live our life according to what Jesus had to do on who he is. Amen? And the last thing I want to say, if there's anyone who does not believe, does not believe in you, I encourage you today to live your life in the reality of the gospel. To put your faith in the loving God who sent his son to die for you. Who will give his Holy Spirit to lead you even through the toughest times, show you who he is and to love you and give you life. He's a good life God like that. I encourage you to do that. Restoration Road, we don't follow this. We live our life according to reality through God, Let's his pray.